Yokoso, welcome to Amakara Japan. Sorry, we've been away for a couple of weeks. Um, I think <laughs> under the current state of affairs, I think everybody understands why. Um, but we welcome you, uh, listeners, to tuning back into Amakara Japan. I have with me, as always, Stephen and Yasushi. Say hello. Hi. Konnichiwa. And uh, what's been talked about for the past two weeks, I know we discussed this for a while and it's still very prevalent, is the uh, coronavirus. COVID-19 has kind of taken over the world, uh, literally quite speaking. Um, before, as we were discussing it, it was kind of more of a Eastern thing, Asia, um, China, Japan, South Korea, and areas like that. And it has spread over across the world, and now we are all affected. So we wanted to kind of continue this conversation now that it's kind of worldwide. We were talking earlier about um, how in Japan we were all, I mean, Stephen and I were very concerned and, uh, about Yasushi and the rest of Japan. And, and now that the virus is over here, it seems like the U.S. and Italy and the EU are getting hit much harder than the, um, what it seemed Asia was like. So it's just kind of interesting to see the the turn of events. But Yasushi, like you've been dealing with this for, what is it, about a month and a half, two months now? I mean, have you seen any changes, developments on anything in the past couple of weeks? Yeah, so that's that's exactly right. I mean, you know, it. I think we've started seeing the first case happened in late January. It's been almost two months. And, you know, at, at first, in the beginning, we were panicked because this is a new disease and we didn't know how we didn't know much about the virus. We didn't know how to handle it. And we've seen what's been happening in China. And simply we were terrified. But then, you know, um, <laughs> what a dramatic change in the past two weeks. You know, I remember you guys were sort of worried about the, the situation in Japan, but now the table has completely turned. And mm -hmm. now if I just looked and did a research, I looked at the, the latest numbers. The number of infections in Japan is still less than 1,000. I mean, it's, it's a lot. It's increasing day by day. Uh, we are seeing 20 to 50 new cases every single day. But if you look at the, the number of infections in the States, it's well above 10,000. Yep. Right? So now it seems like Japan is all of a sudden, Japan is handling the case very well compared to other, you know, um, developed countries, especially... Um, the, some countries in Europe, like Italy, Spain, Germany, you know, they are, they have a pandemic. Mm -hmm. and, and when we see that, I mean, we, we initially, we did have panic buying. It still had hard to find masks and, you know, toilet papers, um, sanitizers, all those things are still sold out most, most of the time. Uh -huh. But people are still, you know, leaving. The life here seems pretty normal. Um, people still go to work. I mean, there are some remote works, but still trains are packed and people do go shopping. There are lots of people at the restaurants. And yeah, and things are, we're, we're, we're just trying to see if things are going to get, you know, 
worse to the to the point that we can't handle the situation anymore. You know, the hospitals are overloaded. Yeah. But so far, we I think um, things are things are going very very um, smoothly. You know, um, com- com- if you look at the, the the scope of the situation that we're dealing with. Correct. And I I mean I know when we discussed before it was like okay no one's getting tested, um, so there might be a lot more. Um, infections that aren't being captured through the Japanese um, government. But even then, and kind of looking at, at articles and research that even like large cases of pneumonia or other sort of illnesses that may seem similar to COVID-19, like those aren't on the uptick as, at all either. And so a part of me is like, okay, why why has this happened with Japan? And that you know, they're a pretty, you know, civilized first world country and they're much more compacted than the rest of us. Like maybe Japanese people just have this natural immunity to COVID-19. Um, no, I don't think so. <laughs> but I have- Yeah, but it makes me wonder, right? Because I thought, you know, it's in Japan, as you mentioned, we, we the country is so packed and we have um, famous rush hour, you know, trains. So I thought, you know, we're we're going to see the similar cases. We're going to have the similar situation as in China, but things are different. So people are starting to wonder why. One of the theories that I was reading about with that is Japanese culture and custom is very much already kind of social distancing. You don't hug, Mm. you don't handshake, you don't contact each other. And everything's very clean. Everything's clean. You're always trying to take care of things. And the fact that the number of flu cases has drastically dropped this year shows that people are washing their hands more frequently, which could also affect the fact that the virus isn't spreading. So the fear of it spreading happening so quickly could have actually killed it from spreading as badly as it has in other places, such as here, where we're very much a contact society and not a clean society either, (laughs) (laughs) not compared to most other places. But it was, it was just fascinating to read that, that I was like, oh, that, that does make sense. If the flu cases have dropped, then that would make sense that the other cases have dropped, too, because the contact of how you get it would also be decreasing with just the idea of cleanliness and distancing. Yeah, I, I think it has a lot to do with culture. So handshake, uh, physical contact. Plus, you know, Japanese people are generally very um, cautious uh, and and they become very nervous. So even without the coronavirus, uh, Japan was famous for people f- uh, famous for wearing masks, right? Mm-hmm. So in the winter time, when even the normal flu, we we take extra cautions and you know just being sensitive to those things. So I think that's also helping a lot. Well, something I was curious when you were kind of talking about that. Um... Man, now the idea is gone. What I was going to ask, talking about masks and the idea of wearing them. Oh, it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> I'll remember it. I'm going to just sit here and think. Yeah, but masks, are, you know, I don't, I don't know why, how people are getting it. it. I still haven't seen masks in stores for the past two weeks. I fortunately have a, you know, stock because I have a Fay fever. So I, I have a bunch at home. So I have no trouble, but I don't know how people are getting it. I mean, maybe similar to you, everybody else has a stock. You know, it's it's one of those mm. 
yeah. they have had hay fever or just the Japanese society always has masks yeah. in the store. Yeah. Oh, I remembered. So correct me if I'm incorrect in my thought process here. While I was there working, when people got sick, teachers got sick and whatnot, they would just work through it. They wouldn't really go to the doctor. They wouldn't go to the hospital unless it was like a severe case. So if some of these people are just like not feeling well, they might actually have had it. Maybe they just go and and work and just deal with it and just kind of keep themselves away from each other so they don't spread it. But they're just like, I just have to work because that's the culture here. Or has the scare of the coronavirus just and how much it's spreading, has that caused people to be a little bit more cautious with when they're feeling sick? Do they go to the doctor more now than usual? Yeah, right. So that I remember you pointing out that uh, in, in our previous podcast. I think that's one thing, you know, um, that, that is concerning for most people because it is true that Japanese people still go to work when they have slight fever. If it's not that high, people still, you know, um, keep continuing, you know, keep working. So I don't know, but but I, I think there are more uh, companies out there that are introducing remote working. So at especially in this time of the year, people are taking uh, extra cautious and trying to stay at home because now we have what's called corona harassment. It's a new term, but you know, what? when you cough or sneeze in front in the public, people might people look at you and think you have the coronavirus. So, so, so what's so, the new word in Japanese for this? Because you know there's a word. Oh, it's it's the katakana. The, it's exactly the same. <laughs> corona harassment. <laughs> yeah, corona harassment. Uh, so and, and you you actually <clears throat> get a bad treatment. Um, like if you cough at work, the boss will tell you to go home and don't work. So it's a, it's a good thing. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. For, I've seen stories about people yeah. on trains, just a, a cough and then the yeah. passengers. Get, I saw one of the trains got emergency stopped because somebody coughed on it and somebody hit the yeah. button. It's just, oh, it gets out of hand. But kind of going back to the idea. So if people are working remotely and they get sick, they'll be even less likely to go to a doctor. They'll just work through it. Because like, well, I'm not going to contaminate anyone because I can just work from home and my culture is work and don't go to the doctor. Yeah, I think Japanese people are just generally very, you know, sensitive to those things. And, you know, people don't go to hospitals anymore. You know, if they only have a light fever, they're afraid they might get the coronavirus, if, if, you know, from other patients. Yeah. So hospitals are pretty much empty. Yeah. For, for those of you all yeah. listening who are not familiar with Japanese culture... It's very you, when you get sick, whatnot. You go to the hospital. You don't go to your doctor or whatnot. No. That's a bit different from our Western culture, where you know you get sick, you go see your doctor. In Japan, you get sick, you go to the hospital, not like a smaller clinic kind of thing. It's that took a while getting used to. I'm having a student. I'm like, hey, how was your weekend? I was like, oh, I had to go to the hospital this weekend. I'm like, oh my gosh, are you okay? He's like, yeah, I just had a a cold. I'm like, wait, what? You went to the hospital for a cold? And that's when I learned of the customs. <laughs> Yeah. Well, something that I, as you both have been discussing this is, what if in some weird scenario, like everybody in Japan is infected with COVID-19, but they're not necessarily showing the overt symptoms, 
you know, because there has been a lot of conversation about people who are healthy that are carrying the the virus, but they they're just a carrier like they have none of the symptoms. And that's kind of I know here in America, it's like if you have it, if you shelter yourself for 14 days, then that way that's how long that virus kind of stays with it. So I'm kind of curious to know if maybe Japan, like you have been infected with it, but like because of the culture, because of people kind of working through it, that you've essentially created not a herd immunity, but essentially everybody's like got it and received it and then have like gotten better <laughs> or have not. No, I all have it. So it's just like ping ponging. Who do I go to now? <laughs> no, I don't think Japanese people are particularly immune to this new virus. You know, we the influenza is already a big problem. So I think it's just we're beginning to see gradual increase over the next, you know, month, few months or. But maybe with yeah. the flu, you've built up the antibodies, like you've built up the immunity ah. and the health to it, or that it's just there and you just don't have the symptoms ah. that show it. According to the research I saw, there was no human really has the antibodies built into their genetic system at this time just from this virus. Dogs. I said human, Michelle. <laughs> Humans. Yeah. yeah. So, but, but those asymptomatic people are causing, certainly causing yeah. problems, right? Well, it's also yeah. the issue of, you know, you have to bring up the government. Is it testing everybody who is exhibiting symptoms or is it just testing other things to, to verify that it's not that? It's like, well, let's test for this and that and that. And at the very end, if we haven't found it, maybe we'll test for the coronavirus. But I think because the Olympics is coming up and they don't want to give that big of a scare, they might be trying to downplay how bad it actually is which i mean i i understand i mean a lot i've been thinking a lot about this of our immediate reaction to this and it's like shut everything down and we'll save lives yes true but what about the long-term repercussions of this like what's going to happen in several months and years from doing this immediate thing versus maybe having taken a week or two to kind of think things out and okay let's look at the long-term repercussion of if we shut everything down and shelter in place no jobs no work no money people suffer where does all the money come from later on that governments are trying to give out to help i i foresee a lot of issues coming later from the way we just chose to act immediately mm. yeah speaking of the olympics um there are more um, people who think they should postpone the Olympics. Um, some newspapers did a, uh, conducted a survey and more than 60% of respondents said they should, they think that, you know, the government should postpone the Olympics. For how so long? The, there are two, two um, plans, you know, a year from now and two years from now. Okay. They're debating, but it's the government denies the possibility they 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 insist that they are going to have the olympics as mm -hmm. usual they would year. have it in their but, budget like hey we're planning on getting this increased revenue this year and after all the bad things that have happened with their revenue recently i could see them really being like look we can't afford to put it back a year and have our country mm -hmm. continue and people are like well you know you're just talking about lives versus money it's like Yes, but money also keeps people alive as well. 
But the thing is with the Olympics, it's not up to the Japanese government. It's up to the IOC. Like the IOC could pull the plug and not like Japan really doesn't have a say in it. Could the World Health Organization cancel it too? Do they have that kind of authority? The the I think the Japanese government as well as IOC has to um I don't I don't know if it's mandatory, but they have to listen to what the WHO says. And interestingly, when Japan um decides to cancel the Olympics, they have to you know um pay the fee themselves. So Wait, even if this kind of situation, situation would they have to pay a fee? They they have to they have they have to cover the cancellation fees. Uh, I would if they I would choose think... it. But if they follow the WHO's recommendations, they yeah, don't have yeah, to. Yeah. I, I was, so I think they are waiting for the yeah, guidelines. I bet you that if anything has happened, I don't think they'd have to pay any fees because of just the pandemic going around right now. So yeah, interesting. Yeah. Though. I know that another thing I think interesting thing to point out is you know, so there are lots of people out there who've already bought the tickets uh, for the yeah. Olympics yeah. and flights and and according to the terms of the agreement, they won't get refunded. If the, the the games are canceled or postponed, it's the situ. They don't they don't say anything about the coronavirus because they didn't know this was going to happen. But this is considered as similar to the natural disaster, Uh-oh. and they say no refunds for such cases. Oof, that's tough. Yeah, that <laughs> that'd be hard. I mean, I wonder if they would just take into consideration of hey, you get an exchange for whenever we postpone it to that. I don't know about flights, but maybe the tickets themselves. I could see the ticket itself being good for, if it gets postponed, being good for next year. I could see that. That would be the right main thing to do. And the Olympics is all about bringing country and the world together. I mean, that is the thing. It's it's, it's about a, a, a union between everybody, every country. So that would be a pretty bad word thing to do <laughs> in this situation of you know not people not help people be able to attend yeah i think since this is an emer- sort of an emergency the government are more inclined to change the yeah. rules yeah um yeah this is it'll be interesting what the next few months i mean i can't even say a couple of weeks i, I think this is it we're we're months out on even kind of knowing the effects and as steven said kind of the after effects of it all um it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens but we could spend hours talking about this and i'm pretty sure all of our listeners have spent hours chatting with their family and friends about this they're probably <laughs> sick of it i don't know why we chose to do this everybody's been talking about it they probably want to talk about something else well, we may next week or the next podcast, we'll, we'll get a reprieve from it all. I don't know if I can go another week talking about it either. Um, but we want to thank you listeners from tuning in. Hopefully you are staying sane wherever you may be. Um, if you are in house arrest in the Western countries or if you are continuing going out on your normal day-to-day activities in Japan, um, hopefully you are staying sane and you are finding the joy in life, the humor and things in all of this so that you don't go crazy. <laughs> but thank you for tuning in to Amakara Japan. And we will talk again next week. Ja, matane. Kyotsukete. Sayonara. Mm-hmm.